Hey, everyone. Before we get into the show, just remember, take care of yourself and be conscious. This is the end of BoJack. Everything is bad and awful. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to clip that and put it at the beginning of every episode. Honestly, do it. and welcome back to BoJack Horsepod, the BoJack Horseman story. Today we will be talking about season 6, episode 12, Xerox of a Xerox. I'm your host Kirsten McKinnis, joined as always by the always original Lindsay Wilson. Lindsay, how are you? <laughs> Doing great in spite of watching this episode. This is a not a fun one. Not fun. It's a lot. This episode is certainly a lot. This is the first time in the whole recording of this podcast where the episode ended and I hit next episode to purposefully watch a second episode of Bojack because I was like, I need more. What about your journalistic integrity? (laughs) Who cares about my journalistic integrity? (laughs) That's in the last like four weeks. We're just throwing it all out the window. Yeah, listen, we're at the end of BoJack season six. We're depressed. We're not okay. And I honestly, I might go watch just like the last like four episodes of the season and then go back to my, just because I like, I just want to watch it. I don't know. Just so good. We are not alone today, Lindsay. I don't know if you know this, but we have a truly great guest. Someone very experienced in talking about very difficult episodes with us. Yeah, this, so, okay. Obviously, we're joined by Grace, but Grace has now two times requested an episode of BoJack, and both times have been some of the most fucked up shit we've ever <laughs> yeah. seen in our lives. So, Grace, my first question for you is, are you okay? Yeah, why are you talking like this? We're from Fresno. <laughs> I love sad TV. I love it. I don't know why. My life is great, I, I promise, but I love sad TV. <laughs> So I love this episode. Yeah, the previous one is the one where they reference it in this episode where he tries to hook up with his ex-flames teenage daughter. So yeah, this is on brand. Yeah. Really bookending the penny situation with your appearances mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. She came in with a plan. I'd like to point mm-hmm. out, I was looking in our chat and the last message between all three of us was me sending the Zoom link and it was June 3rd, 2021. So you are back like exactly wow. a year later. Wow. Wow. Oh, and there's a picture of Kristen as E.T. in our chat, which uh, was referenced (laughs) in the last five rounds. That's amazing. Wow, that's a delight. What a time capsule. Listen, me as E.T. is absolutely a delight. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, my favorite TV show of all time, I've been like hesitating to say that, but I feel like I've been more confident in this, this statement that my favorite TV show of all time is a German science fiction thriller from Netflix called Dark. And so I feel like that says a lot about me that like that series like literally opens with like the show starts with like a death by suicide. This is my brand. I love sad TV. I love it. Grace, I watched the first episode of Dark like a week ago and I had a very hard time falling asleep. (laughs) I was like, I don't know if I can continue. It's really good. It's the best. I think it's the best written show of all time. So uh, apologies to BoJack Horseman. I was so distraught. I have not yet continued, but that is quite an endorsement. No, let's, you should watch, I'll, okay, no, I want to rewatch Dark. So we're going to watch it and we'll text about it. So this will be great. Okay. (laughs) I will not 
be watching that because I try to avoid suicide related content as fair. much as possible. Totally fair. That's totally fair. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. But I would just like, yeah, it's just, it's, you know, I just like dark TV. I don't know why. I just do. I don't mind being sad while I'm watching TV. <laughs> and here we are. <laughs> here, here we, we are. are. Yeah. Now, Grace, not to put you on the spot, but are you aware of the segments that are to come or are you unaware of the segments? No, I'm unaware. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's always so embarrassing. Okay. Yeah, well, <laughs> she means embarrassing for us, not for you, Grace. No, no, no. It's embarrassing <laughs> for us because they're embarrassing segments. And so I deeply apologize to you, Grace, for having you go through this. But That's fine. I think that what the listeners are really wanting to know is what time is it right now that we are recording this podcast? <laughs> so thanks to what time is it right now dot com, I mm-hmm. can tell you that it is 6.40 p.m. on Wednesday, June 1st, 2022 in the Pacific time zone. It is 9.40 p.m. in the Eastern time zone where Grace is. It is yep. 2.40 a.m. on Thursday, June 2nd, June 2022, and 9.40 a.m. in Hong Kong on Thursday, June 2nd. 2022 and that is what time it is right now <laughs> this is a great segment <laughs> yes <laughs> now there's only one thing that can make more sense after we've told you what time we're recording <laughs> is to let you know while you're listening what holidays it is today on mm. june 21st 2022 uh, is that correct Lindsay? that's right so far in the future so june 21st 2022 listen this is a it's a big day Okay. (laughs) I almost forgot to do it. (laughs) Now, I feel like we've talked about this holiday before. Is it something about cybersecurity? No, it's Anne and Samantha Day. 100%. We've talked about something like that. Because it's observed on the first day of winter and the first day of summer. So did we have podcasts Mm. come out on the first day of winter? It's plausible. Could it also be that it is, it would be the first day of winter on the other side of the planet? Maybe, mm. maybe. There you mm. go. It's always Anne and Samantha Day somewhere. Oh, no, it comes, it's two times a year. Okay. It's two times a year. And this is the one about, like, the girl from Maine who, like, wrote to, right. like, the Russian newspaper. Mm. Like, we've talked about this before, yeah. right? I think with, yeah, I was going to say with Chappelle, but I don't think it was. We had a guest. It doesn't matter. What a strange <laughs> day. I can't believe that it's happening again, that we would talk about the same holiday. It's a Xerox of a Xerox, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's literally a Xerox of a Xerox. Mm-hmm. It's Atheist Solidarity Day. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool. It's Cuckoo Warning Day. What does that mean? It doesn't tell me. <laughs> I think it's about cuckoo clock. You'll be on alert now for the remaining <laughs> days. You'll <laughs> learn today. <laughs> I look on this website, as well as being the first day of summer, it's also Cuckoo Warning Day. Where did this holiday come from? No one knows. Oh, helpful. <laughs> oh, if you hear a cuckoo bird on June 21st, you'll have a wet summer. Hmm. Like ground, like a knockoff's Groundhog Day? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> well, I pray to God cuckoo I won't be day. observing that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's Go Skateboarding Day. So if you have mm-hmm. a skateboard, go skateboarding. I will not be observing. I lo- My favorite part, Grace, about this segment is that Lindsay hates all of the holidays and is just like, lets me do this, even though it's miserable and takes up like 20 minutes of every podcast. A lot of, hol- they, a lot of holidays, you know, how many national days of blank can you have? You know? It's also International Day of Yoga. All right. 
mm-hmm. could be persuaded to partake. It is International Surfing Day. I would not mm, be absolutely doing that. Not. There's almost nothing that I would less like to do, honestly, if surfing. Not into it. The problem like- with surfing is that it feels like it's an incredibly high bar to be good at it and for that part yeah. of surfing to be satisfying, that it t- mm-hmm. feels like it would take years to like be under a wave, you know? Yeah, yes. Yeah. And it takes like five minutes to just like drown. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> high stakes. It, I, I would like nothing more than to just miraculously be good at surfing, but based on my current core strength, I know that that is not the case. Mm-hmm. It's National Cherry Tart Day. All right. How do you feel about cherries? They're fine. Yeah. What do you th- I feel like we've had this conversation before. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. I, I was just saying, like, uh, I was about to say, like, a good cherry is good, but, like, you could mm. say that about any food, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, not a great opinion. Yeah. National Cherry Tart Day is the third Tuesday in June. So, we may have talked about it last June. When did we start talking about holidays? I don't know. Well, not until at least season five, because we started doing what time is it right now? Right. That was season five. Anyways, it's National Daylight Appreciation Day. Yeah, because of the long day, I bet. Because of the, the, sol- yeah, solstice, the, yeah. the solstice. It's National Day of the Gong. Like the gong that you like hit. Yeah. <laughs> Is that the warning for the <laughs> Yeah, for the cuckoo. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, watch out for that. You could have a wet summer and I don't want that. Yes. It's National Peaches and Cream Day. We're almost done, Lindsay. Don't worry. <laughs> It's a big day. Wow. Cherry Tart Day has to share with peaches and cream. Peaches and I mean, cream I think I'd better. rather have cherries than peaches. Oh, all right. Mm. Well, see, it led to this provocative conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> see, I don't like being on the podcast with Lindsay and Grace because they're besties and I'm now third wheeling and it's fucked up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. I'm real on my own podcast. I'm gonna have to ask one of you to leave. You can decide okay. between the two of you which one it will be. Lindsay, you can go. It's yeah. fine. I'll stay. It's National Selfie Day. Everybody post a selfie. Oh, I had to come back. I felt left out. Lindsay, oh, yeah. <laughs> she left for one and a half seconds. It's National Smoothie Day. All right. Of course, first day of summer, longest day we know. It's mm-hmm. World Giraffe Day. Do you think it's because they have the longest necks and it's the longest day? Yep. Maybe. Remember when that giraffe was going to have a baby, that April, the giraffe, and they were like live streaming that she was going to have a baby? My mom was obsessed with watching that. She was very invested when it was going to have a baby. I got to tell you, Lindsay, I don't know what you're talking about. <sighs> it looks like Grace is Googling, so I don't think April, the either. giraffe who gave birth in a viral live stream has died. Yes. <laughs> Twenty. Oh no! Oh, no. Oh, oh no! God! I should. No one tell my mom. Oh my! <laughs> Hazel, tell your mom. She had advanced arthritis. Oh oh. That was in, yeah. The live stream was in 2017. So yeah. Oh my wow. god! Wow. And then only four years later, she was dead. R.I.P. Took the world by storm. It's World Handshake Day. Canceled by COVID. No, yeah, no more. Yeah, yep. canceled by COVID for sure. Unless I feel like, like in a relationship, you could have like a secret handshake. Like Lindsay, you and Cam could have a handshake. Grace and I already have one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyways, uh... <laughs> it's World Humanist Day. Which I feel like it's is that problematic. Humanism. I think it's just like be nice to people. Is that what humanism is? Yeah, it's about respect for human dignity, so I guess that's not a problematic <laughs> holiday. 
<laughs> the idea that humanism day might be too much compassion in the world. You know? Listen, I didn't know if it was compassion. I thought maybe it was like, like normally a word ends yeah. with ist and it's bad. It's bad. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's fair. Mm-hmm. It's World Music Day, so enjoy enjoy a tune, everybody. Yeah. And then last holiday, I promise. I, I, I'm sorry, Lindsay, but there's so it many is, today. It's I know. I, like the last few weeks, there's been only a couple, but this one, it's just like a list. It is World Peace and Prayer Day, so I guess I'll stop fighting with the two of you. And also mm-hmm. Atheism Day. So it's a lot going on. I don't on. know. I, the website I'm on tells me it's Day of the Martyr. So you know, if you <laughs> <laughs> if you like to be the martyr of this podcast, it feels on brand. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, Grace, a couple weeks ago, we had to do one where I had to just like throw something together. And I was trying to do these without Kirsten. <laughs> and boy, did I do a bad job. <laughs> it's okay. You didn't do a bad job. You just were miserable. Like you hated doing it. And it showed. Whereas like, I find immense joy in it. So like, at least I'm bringing something to the table. Otherwise, it's just you being like, hmm, I hate this. I hate it. I don't hate it. I did hate doing it by myself, though. It was just me being like, eh, what about rug day? Uh, rug day. Yeah. Keep going back to this rug day. I feel like there was, was so the much there to unpack, and you just like weren't <laughs> equipped because you hate it so much. Unpa- like all the rugs I ordered for National yeah. Rug Day. It was Lumpy Rug Day. Lumpy Rug Day. That's right. And it was also National Why Textile Day. Why is the rug day. lumpy? What's under the lump? What are you hiding? Mm-hmm. See you. This is what happens when you have someone there. Okay, anyways. Xerox of a Xerox. Yeah. What an episode. Yeah, very tough episode. I I had to take a break in the middle. <laughs> I watched it twice. I watched it again. I was like, oh, again. I thought it's a good episode, but like it didn't emotionally impact me. I, I don't understand why you were so upset. <laughs> The entire second interview scene where it's just like snowballing and getting out of control and you can just see him being like, wait, what? what is happening? And I don't know, it just builds so much. The tension gets ramped up so much and you know that it's all going to blow up. It just, I found it very challenging. Not devastating like some of these other ones, but I just found it very tense. It's definitely tense. Mm-hmm. So Grace watched it twice. I immediately had to watch the next episode. <laughs> And Lindsay had to take a break. So that's our, our like, mm-hmm. appetite for mm-hmm. depression on this podcast. Yes. <laughs> yep. That sounds right. Okay. So the premise of this episode is all about the fallout from last time. Bojack is going to do the press tour to, you know, take accountability, question mark, for what happened with Sarah Lynn. Yeah, so it seems like there has been the scoop is out because Paige refers to it later that she did this like reporting of her life and everyone knows about it. And now Bojack's going to go do an interview and talk about his involvement in Sarah Lynn's death. And she's furious. Yes. Yes. She's going to quit her journalism career in a few days to get married. Yeah. Well, and I just I thought that I like had big brained it that last episode. She was just leaving voicemails for her fiance says, go, he left her. I'm the smartest woman alive. But now she's just getting ready for the wedding. So I guess I guess they're back together. I'll you know what? I'll be the one to say it. Her fiance is Baxter, right, Lindsay? Mm-hmm. Yes. Baxter's a cuck. What a loser. <laughs> he just, he he let his, like, his fiance just went gallivanting and delayed their wedding and probably cost them a bunch of money. And he's just like, okay, time to get married. I'm so glad you said it. Someone had to say it. I know. I wanted to say it and I couldn't say it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
god. He yeah. let journalism cuckold him. <laughs> <laughs> Don't we all? How embarrassing. <laughs> Oh, he God. should be mortified. Journalists, they've had it too easy these last few years. So, <laughs> yeah, we got to really hold him to the fire. Yeah. This whole oh. scene with Paige where she's ranting about this whole thing and how she's like giving up boardrooms or bedrooms or whatever she says. Mm-hmm. I loved so much when we meet her sister, who's this like very ordinary person. She's like, why do you talk like that? As you alerted, alluded to, Grace, like we're from we're Fresno. From Fresno. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Patience is her sister. Yes. Yeah. Just super normal. <laughs> Patience had green hair, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Love She's like on her phone the whole time. Like, why are you like this? <laughs> As she should be. And she's like, look, obviously your story's doing something because they're scrambling to do dam- damage control. Yes. Patience is like, don't you have enough info that you could just do a different story that they can't like react to so fast? And she's like, no, I'm going to the domestic life. That's right. <laughs> yeah. It's a dream. She's gonna, she's gonna focus on her new marriage. Yeah. It's tragic, really. She seems like she's a very good reporter. She is the best reporter. Okay, Grace, what do you think about Paige Sinclair and Max, the other Maximilian journalist? something or Maximilian, other. whatever his name is. What do I think about them? Yeah, like I love them. Lindsay didn't like them, but then I convinced her to like them. I don't know if I love... I mean... I guess it's you know it's I it, I liked it I like Paige Sinclair here of like <laughs> being like uh, there there's a line later that is like I think is is really funny and would be my like the funniest line of the episode for me so yeah, it's just in here to like you know make sure that like this whole interview goes off the rails so yeah and then she's gonna she gets both she gets to be a journalist and then go have her domestic life so yeah yeah, yeah. If you, like there's just some ways it feels yeah where some ways it feels like she feels unnecessary but I, I like Paige Sinclair here. Yeah. yeah, my my argument is that we're dealing with the absolute darkest shit at this point in time and having the comedic relief of these two journalists is like essential for mm-hmm. enjoying the show. Yes. Yeah, that's fair. We go back to Chicago as well. And we're seeing like the the Bojack interview is not just in LA and Guy brings it up that like, wow, they're really hyping up this interview. And Diane's like, I can't watch it. Like, I can't be part of this anymore. I need to write about mall-related mysteries that will not solve themselves. <laughs> sure won't. <laughs> yeah, and she goes on this whole thing about how she's not planning to watch it, and she just, like, refuses to spend any more time on BoJack, and then Guy's like, yes, you're a very emotionally healthy woman. Is this where he's like, where he's like, hey, you've, like, you, like, dated that guy and also, like, married a celebrity. Yeah. Like, yeah, like, what's up? <laughs> like, yeah. like, why Why don't you ever talk about any of the famous people that you know and or were married to? And she's like, well, you don't tell me about your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she kind of throws that in his face a little bit where she's like, yeah, well, what about you then? Like, I haven't met your kid. And he's like, well, you don't actually want to meet him. And she clearly doesn't and just, like, threw it in his face. But... Anyway. Well, and this is where you see that maybe, I don't know if you know this, but Guy was actually using sarcasm when he called Diane an emotionally no healthy woman. Um, yeah, you, you might not know this, but that was not sincere. And so I feel like it's really, really fucked up to use like someone's child in this way. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. tough. I mean, I don't have a kid. I've never dated anyone with a kid, but I just feel like it's really messed up. Yeah. But 
it's they're gonna they're gonna meet (laughs) so back in LA they are at Vim preparing for the interview and I really like like Princess Carolyn is very specifically coaching Bojack on what to say and when and Judah just like hands him a cup of coffee and is like hold this then you can't talk with your hands that could come across as aggressive yes we love to see this dynamic duo back together I think in the whole, both interviews, he is holding like a cup of coffee. So True. Yeah, good advice. Yeah. Only a fool would not listen to Judah in these matters. Sure. Really. When I did my thesis defense, my <laughs> my supervisor gave me this like essentially a stress ball, but it was in the shape of a pencil, I think. And she was just like, hold this. Yeah, and that's that's why. Because she was like, you talk with your hands too much. I just want to know what's wrong with talking with your hands. Yes. Agreed. Wait, what's the problem? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's a different time. 2014. Still policing me. <laughs> That was the patriarchy holding you down. That's right. Probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, Usually. <laughs> patriarchy hates hands. <laughs> and women. Patriarchy, <laughs> Especially yeah. women hands. Especially women's hands, absolutely. Okay, so in the middle of all of this at VAM, like Mr. Peanut Butter comes in like asking Bojack to mention birthday dad if the interview's going well, but only if it goes well. <laughs> Todd comes in to ask for the night off work. Like, every, it's, it's just a zoo in Princess Carolyn's office, and it's like, uh, Bojack is preparing for something really serious right now? Mm-hmm. I loved Todd so much in this, in this scene where he's like, oh man, people hate you right now. It's like, that story, so well written. The power of the prose was not the first thing I noticed. Haunting. Yes, I'm aware. So funny. Oh, so good. It really like was a good throwback to last week. And he's like, Bojack, your play sucked. That's yeah, great, Todd. Right. So much Todd, Todd, again, we love Todd. I feel like after this watch through, we appreciate Todd like on a whole new level compared yes. to how we used to appreciate Todd. So. Mm-hmm. so funny. That feels good. So everyone is leaving, but Mr. Peanut Butter's talking to Todd about how excited he is. Todd has a girlfriend and wants to meet Maude. And Todd's like, let's go on a double date with you and Pickles. And Mr. Peanut Butter's like, yeah, we're on a te- our relationship is on a temporary hiatus while we're on a work trip. Yeah, I believe what he says is our relations on a brief hiatus for the mo. Yeah, I I wasn't gonna say that uh, because I have I am what's a young called person. dignity and self respect, Lindsay. But you apparently do not. I do not. Yep. Do you hear that clown horn every week? Uh, it's not a clown classic. horn. You need to yep. stop letting the people get you down. What do you call it? It's just like a trumpet. I don't know. I think yeah, it's a clown I, horn. Yeah, I thought of it as a mouth trumpet, but I don't think of clowns as having horns. They got like yeah, what? you know. Yeah, they got horns. Yeah. yeah. Classic <laughs> thing about clowns Famously. that we all know. I think of they clowns have horns. having cars and red noses. And so yeah, but also cars have horns. But also horns. they have little horns. <laughs> that that okay, it does sound like a clown horn. Okay, no, absolutely not. I refuse to accept this. I also don't have that much clown experience, I guess, other than my own clownery of being alive. Remember when you said my family was like a clown car, and I thought that was very, very funny. Well, that was just an accurate statement. Of <laughs> I really expected a text for Hazel on that one, and did not get one. She didn't text. Not about that. Wow, at two Hazel. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so. Anyways, in the middle of this, Mr. Peanut Butter gets a text from Pickles breaking up with him forever. So we got this long, drawn-out plot of Pickles needing to make things even with Mr. Peanut Butter, um, only for it to end via text message, I assume, because she is with Joey Pogo now. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, we just don't even see it happen. And as I said last week, I had forgotten how this was going to end. It does feel like it really kind of goes out with a whimper here where it's just like, well, we're broken up forever. Bye. That's it. That's it. From between. Oh, wow. Not every relationship has to be like a big dramatic thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's true. I mean, they were engaged. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but they never should have been engaged yeah. because when they got engaged, Mr. Peanut Butter was about to break up with her and then mm-hmm. got too scared. So it's probably best that it happened over a text so he couldn't make some sort of grand gesture. Yeah, fair. That's fair. So we find out that they will be filming this segment at the Filbert set because they want the intimacy and vulnerability of Bojack's own home, but they also want it to look like nighttime because they're pre-taping the segment in the afternoon. <laughs> Can I say, a l- there's a little, maybe a, a a little bit of a goof, but they, I guess, it does, not really, but when they're like at the bar, they're saying like the interview is tonight and it's like, b- there's clearly like showing the footage, but they're pretending <laughs> like it's live. I guess mm. it's like maybe slightly on delay, maybe. Because people like yeah. they keep seeing the screen, being like, "Oh yeah, the interviews tonight." You know? Right. Yeah. Whatever. Mm. Yeah, you're right. Um... Got you. Show. <laughs> Got I you. It's a bad, I guess Bojack's a bad show. Who knew? <laughs> okay. Well, I think that that's a little bit of an exaggeration. <laughs> Gonna get up pretty early to get one past Grace. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I watched it twice. Grace is the early bird. She got the worm, but what they don't tell you is that there's worms everywhere. You Sleep in. You can get you the could, next one. You could be the early bird, and you could set it so that it looks like it's nighttime, and there that's you how go. you get one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so this segment is being filmed with Biscuits Braxby, once again, who is the journalist that they brought in for the Gina and Bojack story share. Like, she's a quote-unquote journalist, but her whole job is basically, like, pandering to celebrities so that they continue to go on her show so that she can keep getting celebrities to come on her show. Smart. So she asks about Sarah Lynn's last days, basically throwing it in very, like, softball manner, and Bojack just crushes it, Mm -hmm. explaining everything to make it seem like he is the sympathetic figure here. And, like, they talk about afterward how he did absolutely nail it, and I think he really did. He comes across as, like, he's absolutely owning it. He's like, I lied about that. I was there already when she died. Didn't come back later, and I, there's a rock bottom, and I've been sober for almost a year at this point. I've really been working on myself, and I just think it comes across as like, yeah, he is owning up to what he did, and is showing that he is taking steps to not let something like that happen again. Mm-hmm. Like I think this where like it's it is pretty softball question, but also like I guess because like the details are out already that like mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. but, but like the fact that like it's his hair, like it's his heroine is like pretty like you know, uh, it's not like mm-hmm. it's just like she's like you know grilling him on it and like as soon as like he gives an answer she's like ready to move on or whatever but Mm -hmm. i think he does a pretty good job yeah Mm -hmm. he comes across as very likable like someone who has made mistakes but is moving past them and being a better a better man yeah yeah they say like was that part of your decision to go to rehab and he says yes it was part of it but i've done lots of bad stuff but this definitely was part of it and yeah i don't know i just think he comes off very well They ask if he'll talk about any of the other mistakes he's made, and Bojack says, I don't think that would be fair to the other people involved for me to, like, air it out. I've apologized privately to everyone I need to apologize to. Mm -hmm. He says he will be sober one year in the next month, and he's very proud of that, which, of course, like, definitely be proud of that. Yeah, absolutely. 
the other thing too is he he Bojack talks now about how he's doing a lot of work, but he looks at the old Bojack and doesn't recognize him. And Biscuits asks, "Who is the old Bojack?" And Bojack says, "He came from a broken home. He used to I like I used to feel like my whole life was an acting job, doing an impression of the people I saw on television, which was just a projection of equally screwed up actors and writers. I felt like a Xerox of a Xerox of a person, and now I feel like myself." Mm-hmm. So there's yep. episode title. Yes, exactly. And like we didn't explicitly touch on it, but Diane had said about this interview part of why she didn't want to watch it was because she already knew what was going to be said where he came from a broken home and he dealt with addiction and he had a lot of bad stuff and he's gonna make everyone feel bad for him and that was gonna be the end and that is kind of what has happened here but it works well it worked on all of us yeah yeah he gets asked about Sarah Lynn's mother and responds really appropriately that he would apologize to her he really does crush the interview Mm mm-hmm I mean, I know this is only like, what, it's like, two, it came out in 2020, right? January 2020. Mm-hmm. So it's not Super Bowl, but I think like a lot of this is like, in some ways, even more resonant than perhaps it was at the time. But I think this episode will show that like, if you push a little harder on this, there are cracks here in the, the veneer and the PR. It works because it works. I think it is a good commentary here on like, how quickly people can have their image rehabilitated in like, yeah. in, in the public, how kind of actually little it it takes like the only stuff that he's even saying that he'll do for other people is stuff he's saying well i'm not going to say their names which is fair to like say i'm not going to like talk about it here but i've Mm -hmm. I've apologized in private but everything else is just like personal inner like yeah i'm trying to do the right thing i'm doing this stuff rather than like anything that feels like actually fixing problems that you've Mm -hmm. created some of like you know actually trying to like do something tangible and it's just like if you just say the right things and say i'll be better it's pretty easy for your like public image to be rehabilitated what Um, and and all of this stuff it leaves like an even worse taste in my mouth like just looking at the concept of like louis ck everyone was like oh yeah louis ck's career's over but he won a grammy this year and if you look at the blind items allegedly he's still masturbating in front of people that are not like willing participants in that so nothing changed there nothing ever changes we protect powerful men because they're powerful men and it's stupid and as long as you like say the right things in public that's fine we i think as a society we like the idea of like rebuilding the image of somebody Mm -hmm. you know like tiger woods you know i feel like he's been like all over like golf stuff of like he's back it's the comeback story like it's like such a like trope of like American media that like I think people want it in real life too when like once you do this stuff like Louis C.K. yeah I just don't think you get to do comedy at shows anymore you mm-hmm. go find some other job go yeah. live your life whatever you know go to jail maybe and then and then when you're out of jail <laughs> then find a job that you know whatever but like yeah if you just keep saying that you know America loves just like to yeah. hear the right things and be like all right that's better (laughs) it's all good now everything has been fixed yeah exactly you can see bojack getting a little bit greedy at one point too where he Mm -hmm. does kind of the thing he does where when he's talking to diane in season five he says like really i'm the victim here and sarah lynn is literally dead and at one point during this interview he says oh her mother exploited her maybe that's what killed her and it's like really it's like oh yeah well no actually i guess it was the heroin like he does backtrack quickly (laughs) but you can see him reaching for that for a second of like maybe i can make this not my fault at all well and even even after he is congratulating himself so much mm-hmm. of like, oh, I'm the best. I was amazing. This is incredible. And it's just like, 
it's like Bojack spent all of this time isolated from LA and from the world that he knows and working on himself out of the spotlight. But the second he gets the spotlight back, it's like something inside him shifts and changes. Yeah. It's totally. funny because I actually think I think that the show coming out when it did, it's still kind of like in the midst of the Me Too movement. In a sense, I feel mm-hmm. like I hope that we are not like out of the Me But like, I mean, the day we're recording, there's like some pretty not great news for I think for the Me Too movement in terms yeah, of a, a, an outcome of a trial. Yeah. So like, I feel like there is this sense of like post peak of Me Too. And I actually think that's what's interesting is the show is being like basically what we've let happen, basically, mm-hmm. of just well, like, yeah. Yeah, and I I think the thing, too, so obviously we're recording about seven hours after the verdict came out in the Johnny Depp Amber Heard defamation case, where ultimately it was ruled that both of them had been defamed, but based on the size of settlements, you know, Johnny Depp had been defamed more, which I think is an absolute laughable statement, and it... I, I think that that case really showcases a lot of what we're talking about today, as you said, Grace, because ever since Me Too, which started as just, if you as a woman have been sexually harassed or assaulted, just make your status Me Too. And people were, not people, men were absolutely floored at the sheer volume of women who have had some sort of non-consensual sexual experience, whether it's verbal, physical, whatever the extent of it. Pretty much everyone that you know that's a woman has had something along those lines. And ever since then, people have been looking for a way to discredit that of, oh, Mm -hmm. you're just going to blindly believe people? Why would you do that? You should let people have their day in court. Oh, but what about women who lie to ruin Mm -hmm. the reputation of powerful men, even though, even when you've literally been sexually assaulted and you come forward, that doesn't make your life better it only makes things worse and harder for you so i think that today's very 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 sad day to be a woman and to be a feminist and i think everyone should know my name by chanel miller uh there was this period where like i feel like people took the phrase believe woman and started to be like the idea that it's like this is no woman ever in the history of the world has ever lied which is like Mm -hmm. not what the the word like believe woman it just means you have to put you give the same legitimacy to a woman saying she's been abused as we give any man in our society Mm -hmm. when like they come and say like i got robbed i got my car you know whatever Mm -hmm. like all of these like there's such a like disingenuous immediate like questioning of like "Eh, it didn't happen you you know in Mm -hmm. terms of like believing women who report assault and so yeah i feel like it's just so disingenuous the opposition to that is so disingenuous and also like so many of the like counter arguments are just like these straw it's like well women lie it's like yeah i know that some women in the history have lied but like you know (laughs) can we just like not start off with the assumption that they lied uh is the idea right so yeah no other crime is judged by that right that like it's i got i got my car job to do like well it might be lying, actually. Well, and I, I think a, yeah. a lot of that people choose to say, oh, well, the basis of this is that when you're accused of a crime, you get a presumption of innocence. So we can't just believe that happened. It's like, well, when you're the victim of the crime, you also should get a presumption of innocence. Exactly. Like, right. it's right. Uh, why is that reserved only for one side here? Like, mm-hmm. 
Well, that's the thing where it's like, yeah, certainly there have been like the odd instance of like something not being true. And obviously that is terrible when that happens. But far, far more often is people telling the truth and not being believed or not getting justice for what happened or to them. Or not telling what happened because we're not telling it all. Believed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And that's yeah. So anyways, anyway. tough, uh, tough, tough day. To I love talking alive. about sad stuff. <laughs> yeah, Grace is thrilled now. <laughs> I'm so happy. Oh man. Happy. Okay. So back back to Bojack. Sorry. I mean, I all of that is like super prescient though. Like it's yes. it, it's we have been very we joke a lot about putting this podcast in a time and a place, but I think that that's part of what makes this podcast special is that we are very much in a time and a place and we are going to share with you what's going on when we're recording these episodes. So yeah. So back in Chicago, Diane and Guy are, are having their lunch. And this is where they have the discussion about, like, the famous people. But ultimately, Guy is like, okay, you'll meet my son tomorrow. And his son is named Sonny, which I think is very funny. Yes. <laughs> very funny. Yes. Agreed. Very funny. And it, I think it ties in nicely with what we said last week. I think whenever that was that we were talking about the creation of Ivy Tran, where it's like, Diane was struggling so much to come up with something to talk about. And it was like, you hung out with Bojack for a super long time. You were married to Mr. Peanut Butter and you worked on the set of Filbert and you wrote the Secretariat book. Like you did all of these things and you seem not to want to ever talk about those things. It's kind of interesting. She has so much content, but she's not interested Mm -hmm. in ever revisiting them. Exactly. Like, why? Why are you making it harder on yourself for no reason? Yes. Also, Kirsten, I found it very funny when she's like, a guy says, your best friend is Bojack. And everybody's like, Roxy is really my best friend. And I was like, no, she's not. I Diane has <laughs> been the worst friend to Roxy ever. And then when Diane goes, I don't really know what Roxy does for work and it's too late to ask. I was like, <laughs> but that's your best I mean, friend? Yeah, true. Sure, shouldn't be your best friend. But real thing that like, you know, if you have a friend and you're like, yeah. Or like the opposite is when you're at work and you're like, I don't know that person's name, but we've definitely seen each other too many times for me to ask. Yeah. I like that on, over the course of this podcast, we've able, been able to demand justice for Roxy. I think that that's what we're doing that other Bojack podcasts are not doing. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Our unique contribution to the space. Our unique contribu- contribution is actually that we're both women, but <laughs> also <laughs> oh, that God. we really care about Roxy. We haven't seen Roxy in what, like three seasons? Oh, yeah, at least. So the next morning, Bojack wakes up to the text from Princess Carolyn saying, you nailed it. You crushed the interview. You're getting great publicity. And Dean's squishy face calls him to say, hey, I don't understand. I don't see any reason why you can't come back to Wesleyan. You know, I'm an addict myself. And like what you said was really powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of people do reach out in this time to say, I'm getting help. And like, I recognize a lot of myself and what you were saying. And all of this is very powerful stuff. But it's also very complicated. Well, and it's like, in if it just stopped there, it's like, okay, mm-hmm. well, Bojack is having a positive impact. And like, does that in any way balance out bad things that he's done? Mm-hmm. Like, is is that like finding the silver lining in, in Sarah Lynn overdosing and dying due to her addiction? Or is there just no silver lining ever in that kind of thing, right? Like, it's how do you, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I do think it's interesting to you how Princess Carolyn is delivering this, where when they first came out and Bojack was being overly self-congratulatory, she had a very tense body language and looked kind of mad and was like, you are definitely responding to this in an inappropriate way. And she's mm-hmm. like, okay, for now, this is okay. Maybe we should just leave it here. 
Yeah, and it's like, he did a great job in that one interview, and he should now fade into obscurity again. But <laughs> Pinky Penguin is very happy, because that was the best ratings that MBN has seen in years. And if Bojack can come on tonight and do a part two of the interview, then they can replay the finale of Birthday Dad, and it would just be a great day for the network. And Princess Carolyn is pushing back that there should not be a part two, because it was called The Last Days of Sarah Lynn. And Pinky's like, no, he could just tell some colorful anecdotes. And Bojack, like, you, this is where you can really tell Bojack is loving the attention and, like, mm-hmm. really justifying, like, oh, well, if I don't do this, I'm kind of an ass. Mm-hmm. This is very old Bojack here where, to your point about as soon as he gets back to Hollywood, he kind of brings out the old side of him again when he's back in the spotlight. And he's like, just feels good to be part of the conversation. And, like, he's just being very much old Bojack here. So... He does the second interview, and it is very different from the first interview. Mm -hmm. And this is where I had to take a break. The intensity really ramps up here where Biscuits is just, like, really coming coming on strong here, being like, weren't you worried that, like, the police were going to look at your phone? And, like, but then they did look at your phone. And, in fact, there was an outgoing call from Sarah Lynn's phone. And, like, what's up with that? Can you explain that? Very intense. I I did call myself from her phone so that it would look like she called me. Very bad. And then he went outside and waited in the parking lot. And Biscuits really pushes that it was 17 minutes. That's a really long time. As somebody Mm -hmm. who gets quite nervous when there's there's awkward silence on a podcast, (laughs) and you'll re-listen to it and it'll be like, sound like nothing. 17 minutes is a very long time. That's a very long time. And this is where Lindsay will insert 17 minutes of silence. So (laughs) you just know... How long 17 minutes is? I mean, he also was like very high. So I feel like 17 minutes probably didn't feel like that much in that moment. I will say in our last recording, I also was like, I just keep thinking about how long was he outside? Could he have saved her in the time that it took him to like go out and pretend he came back and all this? And I thought I was having an original thought. And then it was like the entire plot of this episode. Yeah, which I had totally forgotten. because I was like, no, they made it clear she was dead. But what we find out is, no, she died in the hospital. What could the medical professionals have done with 17 more minutes to medically intervene? Maybe she wouldn't be dead. We also see, so Bojack is getting very frustrated with the questions and is like, why are you asking me about these things? And we see a cut to six hours earlier where Paige Sinclair comes into Biscuit's office and basically pushes her to be a a better journalist and like hold Bojack's feet to the fire. Mm-hmm. This is where she has one of my favorite lines that where I think where she's just like, it made me want to quit my job of being a journalist two days before I quit my job of being a journalist and got married. <laughs> so good. So funny. Uh-huh. She shouldn't be quitting. She should be leaving Baxter for Maximilian. Mm-hmm. Everybody loves Paige Sinclair. You're right. <laughs> Everybody does. Yeah. And it turns out Biscuits does because she totally goes all in with Paige and really pushes back. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a good point where she's like, uh, there's actually social media now, so you actually don't need like a, like this interview to make them look good, which I do feel mm-hmm. like it's a bit of a dying art form. Although I feel like they're still, I, I feel like Carrie and Megan had one recently. Yeah, with Oprah. Uh, with Oprah. Like, I feel like they still happen, but they're like much, like, I feel like I watch them all through Twitter clips rather than yeah. like, <laughs> you know, like we're all sitting down to watch the like the interview. Yeah, but the like but, 40 uh, to 60s are watching it. Yeah. True. True. <laughs> Yeah. My favorite page line here was the pronoun is whom and the whom is the horse. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. It's really good. Yeah. And so 
we see that Biscuits doesn't even know, like, what would she ask in a hard-hitting interview, and Paige has supplied her with questions. Yeah, she's like, I've got a few ideas. <laughs> we come back to the interview, and Biscuits is like, Bojack, why do you keep looking at your manager? What are you doing? Is this about your relationship with Princess Carolyn? Did it ever get complicated, working with her while maintaining your sexual relationship? I know you dated for seven years. Yeah, it's bad. He does say nice things about Princess Carolyn here, which I appreciated. I was yeah, worried she's like, he was oh. going to... Yeah. yeah, exactly. I was worried he was going to say something mean, but he's just like, no, she's like good at keeping relationships separate. And also, she's a great mom, which she is. But then this has opened the door to Bojack's established pattern of inappropriate relationships with women. She mm-hmm. brings up Marcy, the former president of his fan club, who he ghosted, and Penny Carson, who, of course, we discussed in great deal with Grace just one year ago. And Bojack is really flustered. He doesn't, he's saying he doesn't understand what she means when she says power over women. He mm-hmm. doesn't feel that he even has power over himself. And Biscuits then says, you abuse your power over people repeatedly and you groom women. Yeah, to all the to the point of what we were saying before, I just think this is so powerful where, not to overuse the word, but he is basically saying, like, I didn't have power over these people. Like, I didn't make them do anything. And she's like, yeah, no, like, you, you absolutely didn't. Like, no one is suggesting you did. But, like, surely you must understand that there is a power differential here that means you don't have to, like, explicitly force someone to do something. You have the power to influence people's actions and you have to take accountability for that. It's such it's such good commentary on, like, that mm-hmm. th- that idea that, like, yeah, you hold power over people without needing to be so explicit as to be like i am in charge of you so you will sleep with me like it, it, mm-hmm. it that's just like not how the world works i feel like so yeah. many of the counter arguments are like it, it, you know wasn't spelled out it's like it doesn't really need to be spelled out you know yeah it's a it yeah. can be implicit yeah and he says he makes a comment where he says like you're trying to paint me as a bad guy and i'm not and it's like this is not a question of just like an absolute of like you're a bad guy or you're a good guy it's like you had the power in those relationships and you definitely exploited that power do you know what I like about that too? I feel like there in our society at the moment there is such a like uh, culture of like people getting so the moment that you say that like they are you are like someone is being racist or homophobic mm-hmm. it's like you're calling me like a homophobe like you're calling yeah. me racist it's like I'm I'm not I'm saying that like nah. you exhibit behavior in which like or have you know you've done a thing that is that is racist but there's this idea that like it the labeling of somebody as mm-hmm. that is like the worst thing you could do and it's even worse than the act that someone takes in the first place which is deemed racist homophobic whatever that like i think it's a really good commentary he's like you're making me into a bad guy I'm like i'm not i'm just like saying what happens you know and then there are consequences to those things it's it's really good comment it's really smart commentary here. yeah and and it's the thing too where it's like if you have done bad things and your reaction to being called out on them is wait but i'm a good person then you're missing the point the the appropriate response is like oh my god i've mm-hmm. made a mistake and now i'm going to ensure that i never make that mistake again yeah. yeah, and then I think the other thing too, like, well, I think cancel culture. I believe in the principle of it, even if I don't think it's like actually exists. Like we we're talking about Louis C.K. and all this stuff before, but I I love the term consequence culture because like mm-hmm. I think it's the most fitting in terms of if you do something that's like illegal, you should you know whatever the justice system and our justice system isn't perfect, so whatever. But like whatever, I'm getting to a, a long winded point. But like basically, if you just <laughs> do something that's like bad and like not nice to somebody or what that's not like necessarily illegal it doesn't mean that like you're shunned from but it does mean that like there are certain like privileges in which you have in terms of like certain situations that you should no longer be afforded which is like the whole Mm -hmm. point of like what i was saying before with like louis ck it's like louis ck can like live his life i just don't think that like we need to like 
live in a society where he gets to like gets a microphone and gets to speak in front of people like it's just like that feels wrong you know and it's so weird how it's all like ingrained in like media and stuff. but essentially like being a movie star is a job you know like a very famous job but like yeah, yeah there's people if you do something if you're like kevin spacey yeah i don't think you get to like be in movies anymore sorry mm-hmm. you can do something else with your life that's not th- i mean there's another example where like he probably should go to jail so like <laughs> well yeah it's a, that's that's the thing too is it's like a lot of the examples are people who literally have done stuff where in any other job they would actually get arrested and go to jail but because of the power of the entertainment industry people just get to continue making product because so many people are mm-hmm. making money off of their labor that it's worthwhile to bend the rules of the system to continue to prop up abusers literally i mean even in this very podcast we were saying about the roman polanski thing of like Uh, he should be in literal jail it's like for his last three movies alone am i right like no it's like no for the actual (laughs) crimes the actual bad things i just think this whole thing of like good person bad person it just like tries to put it in such a not nuanced label in a way that it's like Mm -hmm. they're there are just people and the things that they are doing and Bojack is doing very bad things. Right. 100%. Gorgeous, gorgeous girls love nuance. Um, (laughs) So Uh. then the conversation comes back to Sarah Lynn and it comes up that the first time Sarah Lynn drank alcohol was as a child and it was vodka on the set of Horsin' Around. And Bojack's like, how do you know that? Did Sharona tell you that? This is bad too. It's like, yeah, Sharona's a liar, you know? <laughs> yeah, he it's literally like, goes, well, yeah. you know, Sharona's an addict. Uh, Sharona's, yeah. li- Sharona's been sober a lot fucking longer than you, Bojack. Rude ass. Yeah. This is so bad because she at AA very recently gave him a lot of grace and compassion and he just instantly throws her under the bus. This is going to air and people are going to be like, wait, what? Sharona, what did she do? And it's like, she didn't actually do anything. And like, this is going to bounce back on her again. Like, Jesus Christ, Bojack, stop being such a dick. Like, leave Sharona alone. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's my Sharona. (laughs) (laughs) But no, the reason they know this is because Paige and Biscuits went to talk to Dr. Champ, who is just like full on off the wagon drinking in a bar. Very sad. Yeah. And this is where it all comes back. The Dr. Champ, not a therapist, just a therapy horse. And that is a legally important distinction. Yeah. He can say anything that Bojack told him in the sessions. And we know that Bojack has told him everything. Yeah. Horrible. Yeah. It's bad. And so this is where we come back to the interview and... Bojack is saying there's no connection between Sarah Lynn and the others. Sarah Lynn was like a daughter to him. I did not get Sarah Lynn drunk to take advantage of her. She was 10. We didn't even have sex until she was like 30. Ugh. Mm, And then Biscuits is like, oh my god, what? Like nobody, it turns out, knew about that part. Yeah, that's bad. Bojack. Real bad. Yeah. Not good. And we've, of course fully discussed why it is so problematic that Bojack slept with Sarah Lynn as an adult. Mm-hmm. You know, he is a father figure and took so much advantage of her. Mm-hmm. So now Biscuit says, goes back to those 17 minutes and really ask, literally asks the question, if you hadn't taken those minutes, would Sarah Lynn be alive? Yeah, because, and this is the part that just like really got me where she says, Essentially, like, do you think anything would have been different if you had acted sooner and you hadn't done this thing where you waited outside for 17 minutes? And she says very specifically, we know that she died when she got to the hospital. And it's like, oh, shit. Like, that sucks a lot. It's bad. Bojack's bad. This is bad. Mm -hmm. It's all bad. 
Yeah, because when we talked about it last week, it was like, oh, I think it was quite clear, like, she was just dead when he was like, Sarah Lynn, Sarah Lynn. And it's like, no, nope, turns out she wasn't for quite some time. Uh, and this is where we get biscuits, though. She, like, decides to be a little bit more like, I'm talking, not you. She's really... She, like, jumps in and yeah. is like, so you gave Sarah Lynn alcohol when she was a child, then she became an addict, then you had sex with her when she was intoxicated, then when she was sober, you gave her heroin, and then in an effort to cover for yourself, you waited to call. And you don't think you have power over women. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's such an incredible line of just like the paramedics that might have saved her life and you don't think you have the power. It's just like, holy shit. This is a good interviewer. She's been doing yeah. <laughs> some pieces all these years. Why yeah. didn't Paige Sinclair write another article? She had all of this material. Mm-hmm. It is a pattern of behavior. Yeah. She was just too afraid of her feelings for Max. I guess so. So, after the interview, Bojack is really complaining about how Biscuits was out to get him. Like, B- Biscuits was just leveraging him for ratings and her next paycheck. The way uh, he's like, people will see that, right? They'll see it. Yeah, They'll see it like I see it. People understand. Yeah. It's so, like, it's so sad because, like, there's, there will, there is a section of people who, who are like that, right? Who will be like, mm-hmm. like, it was a hit piece, you know? Yeah, so this is a witch hunt. Yeah. Yeah, it's a witch hunt, yeah. Yeah, I, I, it was very dark, but it also really made me laugh when he was like, and to be fair, I've also hurt a lot of men. <laughs> I did like that. <laughs> yes. I mean, yes, that, I mean, you've got to find the moments of levity where you can. And Princess Carolyn is like, I told you to only do one interview and go back to Connecticut and you didn't listen. And I'm going home to my daughter and you should think about what you want to do with the time you have left before this interview airs and your like world explodes, basically. Mm-hmm. It's sort of the opposite of last time when Diane was the one being like, the plane is gone. Like, there's no getting back on the plane. And this time it's Princess Carolyn being like, this is not going to be okay. Yeah, Princess Carolyn was like, I will give you the parachute so that you can get off the plane safely. But now mm-hmm. it's like he tried to jump without one. And she's like, yeah. even I am recognizing that there's nothing more I can do for you here. Is it during the second interview where she's like, oh, my God, I forgot that, like, Todd won the night off. And she was like, I'll go watch the baby. And he just goes and watches oh, the baby. Yes. And I was, like, waiting for, like, the storyline that's, like, something about Judah. The ba- and it's just like, no, he just watched. The- he was like, I'll watch the baby. And she just like, handled it perfectly. It's just fine. Yeah. It's Judah. What? You expect Judah to mess things up? No, I, d- I don't know what I was waiting for. I was just waiting for, like, because so- it's just like, oh, yeah, I forgot. And he's like, I'll-, I'll take care of the baby. And I was waiting for that to be something. And it's totally nothing, which I... It being nothing is also something, so I love it. Yeah, I love it too. So Princess Carolyn goes, does go home. I guess we can just finish that up. Judah mm-hmm. is there, like wearing a baking sheet around his <laughs> stomach. Got he's got the oven mitts, and then the baby is wrapped in bubble wrap mm-hmm. so that he doesn't get hit with any of the quills. Very cute picture. Let me tell you, Judah holding a baby. I love mm-hmm. it. It made me very happy. <laughs> And then Princess Carolyn, like, popping the bubbles on Ruthie and her little laugh. It's just like, oh, perfection. She had a hard day at work, and she got to go home and have, like, a really beautiful, wholesome moment. Mm -hmm. Diane meets Guy's son, Sonny, Mm -hmm. who I can't seem to find who voices Sonny. Oh, yeah. That didn't occur to me to look. Is this just so that when he says goodbye, you can say bye, son? Yeah, Yeah, 100%. Yeah. It's unknown who voices uh, Sunny. Yeah, it it's says the wiki says unknown. It's not listed on the IMDb either. So it's like, oh, you like uh, varsity in the. He's like, yeah, whatever. I was waiting for my jacket. Like it's just yeah. like a perfect like 
grumpy son. I think it's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's yeah. so grumpy. Guy leaves to go get the Chicago style cheese fries, mm-hmm. and he's like, "What's your deal, Diane?" <laughs> That's pretty good. What's um, deal? <laughs> but so he's just like upset about everything, and. He's like, my father has a thing for broken women, and he just nurses them, and then they leave him. And it's like, oh, my God. God, that's so sad. That is very sad. And Diane's like, well, does your father think I'm going to leave him? And Sonny's like, it doesn't matter. My parents are still in love, and they're going to get back together. Diane's like, what? Your parents hate each other, and they fight all the time. And And Sonny just, like, starts weeping at the table. This is like we're seeing polar opposites here in terms of people interacting with children where Judah's just like, I am just like nailing it. And then Diane's just like absolutely destroying this moment. Yeah. And it's like guy comes back and he's like, I've been gone two minutes. Like, how did this happen? Yeah. Like, how is my son just sitting here weeping hysterically? (laughs) Very bad from Diane also to say this. of like your parents hate each other. Like, don't do that. Yeah, that's not good. That, I feel like that's like dating a child, the a parent, like one hundred and one. Mm-hmm. Don't yes, say 100%. anything about the parents' relationship with each other. Absolutely not. That has nothing to do with you. Like literally, it's none of your concern. So we go back to Bojack, and Bojack drives to the Laugh Shack where he first did stand up, where he met Herb Kazaz, and Bojack is reminded of. Herb drawing his outline against the wall with white out, immortalizing him in case he never gets a star on, like, the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Yeah, he's like, you'll live on forever unless they repaint. So he hears that, like, he remembers Herb telling him he needs to do a screen test to get on the show, and Bojack just being excited about, like, the early showbiz part of his life when he, I guess, is (laughs) discovered. And he goes into the wall, the the laugh shack, and looks at the wall of fame. He finds his picture and inter- meets up with another horse who tells mm-hmm. him a very beautiful question mark story. Yeah, I think that's a fair word to use. I, or, except that he opens it with, "Dude, I hated your show." Yeah, he's like, "I I hated horsing around, but my baby brother loved it." And he would laugh and laugh and, you know, we lost my brother to addiction and now at least every time I see something about your show, it brings me back my baby brother and his laugh. And I was like, oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lydia, you're a fan of Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend, I believe, right? I sure he, am. <laughs> yes. He'll tell this story where like, I can't remember who was talking about it, but it's a story where like they get, they were talking about how annoyed they are when people come up to them and be like, my wife loves you. Yeah. Potentially means yeah. like. I don't like, like me, you. Me, not so I, much. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Me, I'm not a fan. But like, you know, and there's how many people will like have the audacity, like, especially if their like wife isn't around to just come up uh-huh. and be like, hey, my, my brother thinks you're hilarious, which essentially means I don't think you're that. You're yeah, as funny like, what as do you my think of me? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just you're like, at least this guy's like, hey, I hated your show. Yes. <laughs> much more honest. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. I feel like Nicole Byer talks about that too. People being like, my girlfriend loves you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Meaning you don't like me. <laughs> Otherwise, you would say I'm. A or fan. like, guy, like guys will come up to her after the show and be like, "Oh, my girlfriend made me come." But hey, you're actually funny. Mm-hmm. Like, shut up. Yeah, she often says like, "Straight men are not my target demographic." <laughs> yeah, I mean, and she's not wrong. Like, I feel like yeah. she, she's recorded some live shows and she's like, "Who here's a man?" And then there's a chair and she's like, "How many of you are straight?" And it's like, 
<laughs> three of them. And I got dragged here. <laughs> yeah. So the other, the horse at the, the Laugh Shack offers for Bojack to go up and perform like an impromptu comedy routine. And he's like, oh, I haven't done stand-up comedy in years. And he's like, yeah, but you know, even if you're not very good, like people will love it because you're a celebrity. I mean, gosh, that is so true. Like, I feel like recently I've had this like really big, you know, again, we're talking about like stuff that's happening in real life. Like John Mulaney is my favorite comedian. And he recently mm-hmm. had Dave Chappelle like come and surprise open for him. <clears throat> and so, yeah. So I guess the whole thing, but like, apparently if you just like read what Dave Chappelle, like his jokes are, they're just like, it's just the worst type of transphobia. Like it's just. It's literally it's just, just it's, transphobia. It's not even a joke. Mm-hmm. And it's like the same, it's the same like in quotations joke that like people have had about trans mm-hmm. people for like years which is just like i identify as this like isn't that fun and just like it's just like right well, how is he also getting like how is he also opening for john mulaney when it's just like he's being transphobic and then he's not even that fu- he's not even funny they're anymore. not saying anything so clever like-, like in in his special which i have not watched but i've been informed mm-hmm. that in his special <laughs> he makes the joke basically that like if you're like trans you're not real like totally devaluing right. the entire identity of trans people which is obviously bullshit and then he comes out with John Mulaney, who, like, has said nothing about this, by the way. Mm-hmm. And is literally Very like, annoying. well, I didn't have anything against trans people, but I do now. Shut the fuck up, Dave Schwell. Go retire with your mountains of money and, like, just stop. Enough. Like what is that? Mm-hmm. Like what? Yeah. Like when he he got he got attacked by like a person, then he was just like he stood up and he's like that was a, I guess I was a trans man. You're like what joke is that? I don't get. It. Like oh it's not God. funny. You're not funny. I don't get it. Yeah. But yeah, just, Kirsten has famously said on this podcast, it's a lot easier to shut the fuck up than to be loud and wrong. <laughs> it's true. But this is this is exactly what they're saying though, right? Like just mm-hmm. you know you don't have to be you don't have to be good just go on stage or yeah. celebrity people will laugh being hateful is not funny being hateful mm-hmm. is not a joke and honestly just being like oh well this is like the one marginalized community that apparently we can just shit on in public mm-hmm. no shut the fuck up there's this really great james acaster bit from his last stand-up special it's gone viral i think since the dave Chappelle thing but it's just like it's so in the vein of like george carlin who would always be like you don't punch down like in comedy we punch yeah. up we like we like make fun of like organizations and institutions and like rich people and like you know not we don't punch in and uh, but james acaster is like all these edgy comedians really going after the trans community oh those trans they'll really be checking their privilege now they've had it so good for all these years <laughs> it's like it's so <laughs> finally good. finally you know uh, ricky gervais is really you know taking the trans community back down to where it needs to be you know it's a really funny bit but like yeah. uh, grace i will say when you came on the simpsons pod we talked at that yeah. time about the yeah. episode about homer like meeting a gay guy and how the thing that works about that episode is that it's always punching up like homer is the jackass in that episode it's never punching down and i think you came on very early in the run of the show and i think it really helped Alex and myself know how to talk about it better I think like it gave us a lot to think about in terms of like why isn't this working and it was like oh it's because it's punching down versus like the ones that work so well are the, the phrase ones I use a lot up. on hold up and I think I use in that is like are we laughing with like uh, gay people or are we la- are we laughing at gay people and comedy d- d- will not work like it only it, well it will work for like a specific set of people who want power and control mm-hmm. but to laugh with people to be like you know that's like there's a joke I saw the other day that was like do you know what a chocolate's pronouns are her she that's a great joke that's a really great trans joke that's great we're not laughing at anybody we're just you know that's just you know laughing with us that's great but mm-hmm. to like laugh at us like doesn't work you know yeah and, yeah. and like also just to like 
even just take it that one step further. It's like the jokes that are mocking trans people and trying to eliminate their identity as valid. It's not even laughing at. It's literally promoting violence. And this is Mm -hmm. why you know, trans women, especially black trans women, are murdered at, like, a much higher rate than everyone else in the population. And it's like, that's not the group. That's not the group that you should be making jokes about. That's the group that we as a society need to be welcoming and protecting. Protecting, exactly. like, not doing this shit. It's just really really horrible and and also john mulaney like i loved john mulaney and i I, have tickets for john mulaney so i'm like i don't know what to do i don't i don't know what to do i'm like waiting for the day that he'll be like so about that transphobic comedian like i'm really so you know but i just don't think it's coming i don't know what to do with my tickets i know honestly well and that's like no one can make that decision for you except for you grace right um but yeah i saw something recently it was like yeah remember when john mulaney's brand was like i love my wife and now it's like (laughs) i am hateful <laughs> anyways i love being sad <laughs> i feel like we all needed to really like let let out some some feelings today. Some I'm, feelings. I'm glad that that this has been the right right venue for that yeah in terms of the bojack of it all bojack initially is like oh i don't think so i don't think i'm gonna do that and i have in my notes like that's a smart decision because yes. i didn't expect that in the next scene he was gonna be on stage but my thinking was that people were gonna be like at right after Bojack Horseman's thing aired, he was up there just making jokes. Literally, <laughs> That's it's not a, a good look. Literally, it's going to be like, so they filmed it in the set again to try and make it seem mm-hmm. like it was live. And then it's going to yeah. come out, oh, A, it wasn't live. And B, while it was airing, hours after Bojack just exposed his whole ass, he was up mm-hmm. joking in front of people at the Laugh Shack. Yeah. It, the worst possible decision. Like, Looks very bad. I get why in his head he's like, oh, this is my like last chance to get like positive attention. It's like, Go away, Bojack. Yeah. You're done. You're, you're well, done. This is what Prince Carolyn tells him, like, go make the most of your four hours that you have yeah, before right. your life changes forever. I don't think so this is what this she thing. meant. No, it's not what she meant, right? But that's the, whole, the point, right? That yeah. like, he yeah. is like, oh, I'll try to suck all the, like, goodwill I can out of the last four hours, have, you know? Just horrible. Yeah. Okay, so in good news, Maud and Todd are having their date night. They are under a blanket, eating all their junk food, watching a movie. And this is where we find out that Maud lives with her parents. And her mom is, like, very protective of her because she's with a man. And, like, no funny business, please. Mm-hmm. She's really worried that Todd is a burglar. And then she instructs them not to watch any TV shows about burglars. No burglars. <laughs> Keep the door open. No funny business. Any ideas? Yeah. <laughs> I love this when they're talking about moving in together and Mm -hmm. it will never not be funny to me when Todd can't because when he can't understand something because so much of my sense of humor I think is like people saying something and then me taking it differently than you meant and so like I purposely or like what if you mess up so, so I just this will never not get me that he's he's like he's like but you live with your mother like you're the one who should be moving out like it's so good it's well, so, it's, and I also love it too because then mod's like I just had a great idea mm-hmm. and then both of them just spell like totally like non sequitur things that have nothing to do with what they're talking about and yes. mod's just like ice also cream sandwich flavored ice cream together <laughs> I would eat ice cream sandwich flavored ice cream. It sounds great. That's delicious. Like with little chunks of the wafer in it. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, this is so good. I loved it so much. They're so cute. And I think it goes back to when we first met Maud of like how we have enough information about her, even though she's a very, not a very common character. We haven't seen that much of her. But we have enough information about her not to be like, oh, it's just the two asexual characters. Let's get them together. It's like these two are such a good match for one another where it's like, I have a great idea. And it's like they both have an absurd Todd type idea. <laughs> well, and like we saw already what it's like to have Todd with just the only other asexual character in the show. Yes, right. Exactly. And now we're seeing a different type of relationship for Todd. And it's just so refreshing and so beautiful. Mm -hmm. And Todd has a job that he really loves being a nanny for Princess Carolyn. And I think you mean a hype man for babies. Oh, I'm so sorry. (laughs) And, you know, has a person that actually really gets him and they are completely compatible in like every way. And it's just so sweet and beautiful. And it makes me so happy. The only other thing in the episode is Diane is trying to write back in Chicago. She decides to turn on Bojack's interview. And it's a part where Biscuits is questioning Bojack about hurting people, not because he means to, but because he just doesn't care. And Bojack's like, yep, that's me. And Diane's like smiling like, oh, wow, he's taking accountability. Yeah, it's like a pained smile of like, okay, like at least you admitted it at the yeah. end there because she's like is that you or like are you a different person he's like yeah no it's me and it's like that's good I guess but like man this was bad it's hard hard to watch especially to mm-hmm. like Diane has had a soft spot for Bojack and I think that's why you know she wasn't the one to write the takedown yeah yeah that like just not caring thing is pretty brutal that's like yeah. I mean better than meaning to hurt people intentionally but like yeah, that's tough. Especially when you're like, yeah, you're in that person's like circle of orbit of people mm-hmm. who like you want to be cared about, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's tough. Yeah. Anyways, that's the episode. We did it. We did it. We have some feedback, but it's not about this episode. So is there anything from Twitter or anything that no, you should touch on first? Of, um, the only thing from Twitter is the pure excitement about BoJack Hidden Jokes coming on our podcast. They well, messaged so we me and were happen. like, can I say something or do you want me to wait till you announce it? And I was like, oh, you please feel free to tweet. Like, we we will announce it also. But like, it's not a secret. Yes. <laughs> you can say you're coming on. I went on Twitter and I was like, whoa, like something must have happened because we have like a bunch of new followers all at once. And I saw that they had tweeted about their appearance. Yes. I mean, they also are like the best and retweet like every episode that we post because they're a sweet baby angel and are just (laughs) the best. Yes. So Sarah wrote in about episode nine and episode 10. Beautiful. So I don't remember what episode nine was. Mm. Episode nine was the intermediate scene study, I think. Yes. Yes. So Sarah says, this isn't really feedback, but this Hollyhock slash Bojack confrontation is killing me. Why is this show so sad? Why did I forget how sad this show is? Why can't Hollyhock communicate with Bojack how she found out about this shitty thing? Like, well, she knows now. (laughs) And then episode 10. I know you likely already recorded this one, but here we are. (laughs) Don't feel the need to read this on the pod. Well, we're doing it anyway, Sarah. The internal writing monologue is so true to writing life. 49 degrees is not spring, that is for sure. I do feel better about those annoying over-the-top reporters, so thank you for the reframe, Kirsten. And I love Ivy Tran, food court detective, and I love this for Diane, and I love this realization that being happy is okay and writing a kid's book is okay. So that's wonderful. 
Oh, Sarah also says, I just listened to the Nerdette podcast where they interviewed an author about why mediocrity is okay and reclaiming the idea of being just okay. Because as women, we really feel the need to succeed and, quote, have it all, like at Princess Carolyn. But maybe what we actually need is to be like Diane and come to the realization that prioritizing what makes us happy is important too and recognizing the outside pressure that stems from the patriarchy and we should smash that away. Listen, I uh, we did my performance review and I got meets expectations and I was like good I don't want to exceed expectations <laughs> pay me more if you want to raise the expectations yeah, right. yeah I'm a big believer in that I, it was very frustrating as like as someone who would give people evaluations when mm-hmm. I was manager of like when people would expect all the time like five is what I need to get to be doing a good job it's like no no Mm -hmm. three like three that's three is what you is you're doing a good job like you're doing everything that you're supposed to do it's really hard to like reframe there's there is this yeah I mean I was listening to there's a socio podcast about (laughs) climate change and capitalism because I love sad (laughs) things and they're talking about how like just the idea that like GDP like consistent growth all of the time is just like makes no sense in terms of like sustainability in our planet. And we need to like shift away from this idea that like the only way our country is successful is to like have GDP growth because that makes no sense to continually just constantly be making more money. That yeah. it, it doesn't make sense as a concept. And we've just been doing that for like basically like a hundred and 200, you know, like uh, it's like mm-hmm. an industrialization and we just need to like stop doing that. But I don't see how there's any way where we're going to stop doing that. So this idea of like, yeah, mediocrity, like, can't we just be like fine with everything that we like, like, like nice? not exactly like that you know we need to like balance the field but like yeah 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 that's all we got i think thanks for having me thanks for having me back this is great yeah, a full year later I yeah one year later on the anniversary of your first appearance you are back it's very fun um, happy to have you. Now, Grace, if people would like to know more about you and what you're doing where can they find you Ooh. online I'm on Twitter at Hi From Grace. I have lots of stuff, uh, scripted TV, talking about sports, launched a new podcast called The Pride Is Spoken this month over mm. on Robinson Podcast. We're celebrating LGBTQ survivors. So I have lots going on. If any of that sounds of interest to you, you can find me on Twitter. And if you would like to hear more, well, first of all, if you'd like to be part of the conversation, you can tweet us at BoJackHorsePod. You can email us BoJackHorsePod at gmail.com or you can submit to our Google form, tinyurl.com slash horse pod you can also become a patron over on patreon.com slash bojack horse pod and support us in continuing to provide this podcast for you only if you're able to of course yes. and if you'd like to hear more from Lindsay, she is on the podcast of tomorrow talking about futurama every week and that's on the simpsons then and now feed right well see here's the thing it is kind of but we are switching over to a, its own feed it has its own feed we've been posting it on both but we want people to switch. So, okay. So, podcast of tomorrow, <laughs> go find it, go give it five stars, go support Lindsay in her endeavors. And if you would like to hear more from me, you can hear me talking about Riverdale every week on Kowski Cast. That's cow with a K. And on Mess Magnets, you can hear me talking about pop culture, celeb gossip, and trending topics over on slash mess feed so deeply appreciate your support there and you can follow me on every platform at kirsten said what including twitch.tv slash kirsten said what but we will be back next week to talk about season six episode 13 the horny unicorn see you then bye